0: You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: Hey, this is Dan Savage, and you've successfully downloaded the Savage Love Podcast, the weekly out loud version of my uh, skeezy, skanky sex advice column, Savage Love. The phone number here at the podcast, 206-201-2720. That's the number to call if you want to record a question for a future podcast or make a comment, 206-201-2720. Now let's get to the calls.
2: Hi, Dan. Uh, I love your column and your show. I am a 20-year-old general college girl, and I'm calling because I recently started a relationship with a guy. I'll call him Joe. Joe was visiting a good friend of mine, and we hit it off, but he was only here for a weekend, so nothing happened until he went back home. We've been chatting and talking on the phone every day for about three weeks, and I feel really close to him. Uh, But because of the distance, none of the physical milestones that I'm used to thinking about have happened. I mean, there's no holding hands, no kissing. You can't make out. Um, Anyways, for spring break, we've planned out two visits. And if the flirting on the phone is any guide, I think we're both interested in a physical as well as an emotional relationship. I'm worried, though, because I'm a virgin, and I don't know how or if or when I should tell Joe. A few makeouts that I've had in the past that were leading to sex ended when I mentioned my virginity, I guess because the guy didn't want the pressure or something. Um, anyways, I feel like it might be good to, tell, to let Joe know that I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not expecting it to be perfect or anything. I would just maybe like to sleep with him, and I happen not to have slept with anyone before. So, yeah, any advice you could give would be greatly appreciated.
1: I don't get to talk to virgins very often, being in my line of work. So even though I don't really have a follow-up question for this caller, we're going to give her a call just because I want to talk to the last American virgin. Hey, it's Dan Savage. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Still a virgin? Yeah. So nothing's happened between you recording the phone call for the podcast and me actually calling you back.
2: Nothing's happened yet, no.
1: Okay, so this boy, you've been in this long-distance relationship, you're calling on the phone all the time. If you were in town, if it wasn't long-distance, you'd be, like, rolling around in a pile a little bit, and that's not happening because he's not here.
2: Yeah, basically.
1: And you're going away together.
2: Um. Yeah, this spring break we're going to be in the same town.
1: Uh. Is this a trip you've planned together to be in the same town, or are you just coincidentally enough going to be in the same town?
2: He lives there, and I was going to the same town I met him through a friend. They both went to high school together, so I'm technically visiting the friend, but I'm visiting him too.
1: Right. Or you're you're going to see him, but it has this little cover of you know this cloak of plausible deniability that you're not really there. No pressure. I'm not really there to see you. I'm there to visit my friend.
2: Basically, yeah.
1: But you're really there because you want to have him bust your hymen.
2: <laughs> I guess.
1: I mean, that's not your ultimate reason. You like want to see him. Want to see you know where it's going. If you can have a relationship, but you feel ready to lose your virginity. Mm-hmm. And you feel like based on your conversations with him that's he has an expectation that there's gonna maybe be some rolling around?
2: I don't know if that's the expectation, but um it's a possibility.
1: And so your question is basically do I tell him I'm a virgin before I get there or after I get there? Yeah. Because why? Well, I mean why 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 do you feel some need to tell him uh, about your virginity before you go?
2: Well, um, because I don't know what the fuck
1: I'm doing. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people out there who are not virgins who don't know what the fuck they're doing. So you don't necessarily, uh, you shouldn't necessarily put that on yourself—that you're going to be lousy at it. You know, a lot of it's fairly obvious. Like any skill, you know, the more you do it, the better you get. Um, you can uh, overdo it and, and, and you know lose interest in it. But you know, I, I wouldn't say that uh, just because you're a virgin, you don't know what you're doing.
2: Okay.
1: But I okay. Guess- you want to warn him. You want to set up a flare. Mhm. Is he a virgin?
2: I'm pretty sure he's not. He had a really long-term relationship
1: for a while. All right. How old are you again? I'm 20. You're 20. Yeah, you're way too old to be a virgin in America. I have to say. <laughs> we got to put a stop to this whole virginity thing. It's a it's a plot by the right to um, ruin my line of work. Um, all right, so. Here's the, here's, I'm kind of of two minds. Like, I think before you get down and dirty with him, he has, you know, quote-unquote, a right to know. It's just like last week we were talking about, you know, people have been sexually abused, uh, sort of, you know, if it's a real landmine, if it's the sort of thing that, like, they'll explode if you touch them wrong, they, they should inform. Uh-huh. But if it's not that big a deal, you know, if they just have some unpleasant associations and they can move a hand away from the trouble spot without losing their shit, they don't necessarily have to inform. You, however, you know, as a virgin, you probably should inform. It is kind of a landmine for two reasons. Because you've never done it, you don't know quite how you'll react, Mm -hmm. you know, or whether you like it or what works, what position works for you. So there's going to be some, you know, fumbling. There may also be some blood if your hymen's still intact. And, you know, you don't want to scare the shit out of him. Um, So he'll probably be able to figure out that you were a virgin even if you don't tell him and you have sex. Uh, And then he may, you know, he may, that may be a problem for him. It may not. Uh, But because most guys will, you know, everyone will agree that it may or may not be a problem for him, even if it's not a problem, he will appreciate having been informed in advance because it shows a sort of emotional IQ on your part that you would anticipate that it could be a problem potentially. So you told him, even if it might not be a problem, they didn't put your chips on it won't be a problem and just sort of hope for the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. However... Um, I just had uh, a cup of crack cocaine. That's why I'm ranting. <laughs> um, however, what you need to do is, you know, you're a virgin. You're not, you know, you're not dying of leukemia. You're not, um, you know, you're, you're not a terrorist. You're not. It's not some horrible condition that he has to be informed about. You're not the lamb from the FBI that he needs to be informed about before he commits to spending a couple of days hanging out with you. I think you need to be a bit casual about it.
2: Okay. So, you know, yeah, we're getting... A, pardon? a sit-down discussion.
1: Yeah, don't have a sit-down. You know, if you present it to him like it's some huge, potentially, you know, budding relationship uh, ending issue, he may react to it like that. Okay. You know, you should p- present it to him in sort of like a casual way. The same way somebody might, pre- I think, I, re- I urge gay people to present their homosexuality. You know, if you present it to your friends or your parents like, it's a problem, they may react like, it's a problem. If you present it like it's fact, just so you know, blah, then they'll react to it as just the facts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I would approach him and say, you know, digging you, looking forward to seeing you, looking forward to spend some time with you. Uh, actually, I wouldn't approach him like that. Uh, edit that out, tech savvy youth. I would go and not tell him until you get there and you've seen him and you've hung out with him for a little bit. Because what if you hang out with him for six hours and realize that you can't stand him? <laughs> that
2: that would be. Right, and
1: if you've given him the whole I'm a virgin speech, he's going to expect sex, right? You should go, like, see what he's like, hang out with him, and then, you know, say, just so you know, like, I feel like I should tell you uh, it's not that big a deal, but you should know I'm a virgin, so deal. And if he bolts, fuck him. I mean, don't fuck him. <laughs> if he bolts, disregard him the sense of fuck him. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to lose your virginity to somebody who can't handle... Taking your virginity. So the guy who bolts is sort of doing you a favor. Right. He's and
2: self-selecting himself he, out of the podcast. Exactly.
1: It's Darwinianism in action. Literal action. Hot sexy sweaty action. <laughs> you know the first you know what I would do if I were you? Blah blah blah. No more crack cocaine before we record the podcast. I would go, I would hang out with him, I'd go out with him, I'd get drunk with him, even though I'm twenty if I'm you. Uh, see if you can't get your hands on some alcohol, you know, get drunk and roll around and make out. And the first night that you make out and hang out, say, you know what, I I really don't want to go all the way to to vaginal intercourse the first time we roll around. Let's just, you know, kiss and make out and maybe masturbate together, like really get a sense of each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, just like take it slow. And then when you've reeled him in with a, you know, a hint of what's in store for him if he, you know, bangs you, and he's seen your body, he's seen you in action, he's rolled around with you, then tell him, oh, and by the way, there's a hymen in there if I let you in there.
2: Okay. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> oh, it's so good
1: to hear someone say that. Usually I give advice and I get no feedback because it's always in print. You know, I give advice and I think, I wonder if they think I'm an asshole or that was totally wrong. So it's good to hear you say you think that's a good idea. Will you call us back and give us a report after spring break? Um,
2: Yeah, I think I can do that. Okay,
1: because we're going to want to hear about your, your big adventure. Hopefully there will l- be something to hear about. Good luck with sex. Thanks much. It's really fun. Enjoy it. Bye. Hi, Dan.
3: This is Nick from Iowa, and I actually have a question about uh, using the electric stimulators when you're masturbating. And uh, I've seen videos and pictures, and it looks really hot, Um, but is it safe? Uh, I do have a heart defect, and my boyfriend says I should not even think about it because of that, but it's it's not really something super serious, but... Anyway, uh, like I said, I just wondering if that looks hot. Is it safe? And uh, if it is, where where do you go about getting some of those? So, thank you. Love the podcast. Bye.
1: The absolute best Eastim products out there are made by a company called Aerostech, and they have a website aerostech dot com. And Eastim is generally regarded as safe. Tons of Eastim products are on the market. Tons have been sold. Uh, I have yet to encounter a single AP wire story or hysterical right-wing anti-sex website story about someone being found dead in his apartment with an e-stim unit hooked up to his dick. That said, if you go to aerostech.com and you click on their safety page, I'm just going to read this to you. E-stim devices are not for use by or on anyone with implanted electronic devices, pacemakers, defibrillators, drug pumps, heart problems, heart disease, epilepsy, brain disorders, nervous system disorders, and on and on and on. So the makers of Eastern products do not want you using their products if you have any sort of heart condition. Again, however, I would say, I would point out that if there were people dropping dead uh, from using this sex toy, that would be a tremendously sexy story for the mainstream press, for the hysterically anti-sex mainstream press, for the hysterically anti-kinky sex. If it happened uh, with any regularity, uh, we would hear about it constantly, a single case of it, just like a shark attack, a single case of it would be blown up by the media into a huge story, and it would be everywhere. And so I think it's a, you know, sort of a sign of the general safety of e products that we're not reading those stories, and either people with heart conditions are avoiding them entirely, taking the advice of the producers, uh, or, uh, you know, taking the risk and surviving the e um, My... Professional, you know, my considered opinion, my advice to you would be not to use them if you have a heart condition without talking to your doctor. There are kink positive doctors out there. If you go on kink websites, you can find kink referrals. Alt.com has them. To kink positive doctors, we get advice about this if you can't talk about it with your own doctor. If you can't talk about it with your own doctor, I would urge you, uh, as a gay man and someone interested in uh, kink in general, to get a different doctor to find a doctor that you can talk to about your uh, medical concerns so that you don't have to talk to some jackass know-nothing with a sex advice column and an internet connection.
3: Hey, Dan, want to let you know you have the most entertaining podcast in the world. And I wanted to let you know about an interesting situation I have. Um, I'm always worried about, you know, I'm a very giving person. I always want to please a woman and make sure she's uh, taken to the utmost of the ecstasy realm. And uh, whenever I, whenever they give me a blowjob, you know, I I really can't enjoy it 110% because I feel like, you know, I have to hold myself off and I can't come until after she comes. And I really want to please her, you know, 110%. So I hardly ever just get to enjoy a blowjob. So I wanted to maybe let, you know and let some of the other women out there know that sometimes it would be great if uh, my sex partner would just say, listen, I'm just going to just give you an amazing blowjob and you can just unload and don't worry about pleasing me because you always do and there's no problem with that and this is just going to be unreciprocated for your enjoyment. Thank you and keep up the great work.
1: Part of me wants to freak out and bite your head off, uh, but part of me doesn't understand why you're not already hearing that sometimes from your sex partners. I've never had uh, a sex partner uh, that I was with for any length of time. You know, early on in most uh, people's sexual relationships, whether it's you know long term relationship or somebody they're uh, you know fuck buddies that they're banging every once in a while, early on there's this expectation. You know, people want to demonstrate it. Demonstrated, I think they want to see that you're as invested in their pleasure as you expect them to be in yours and that everything is always reciprocated early on when you're just first getting it on there always has to be a you know you first you first no, you first you first your turn my turn did we both come Can I get you off there always has to be that kind of consideration it seems though that in a longer term relationship particularly when you know people's libido's rise and fall or people sometimes aren't in sync and one's horny and one's not that there is a lot of non-reciprocal Blowjobs, jobs, even intercourse that goes on where the other person goes, you know, I love you. I understand that you're horny. Um, you know, we're not going to set the fucking world on fire tonight. But come here. I would totally I, let me give you a blowjob. I love you. And then let's go get some food. I've heard that from people I'm in long term relationships with when I'm horny. I've said that to people I'm in long term relationships with when I'm horny. Uh, And I think most of the women I know have been in relationships, have said that, have done that. So if you're never hearing that from any of the women you've ever been with, if you never hear, honey, you just unload without worrying about me, it makes me think that you're not in any long-term relationships and never have been in any long-term relationships. And you're wondering why you don't hear that from one-night stands. You'll never hear that from a one-night stand. That's the sort of loving gesture that we make. To someone who has proven to us time and time again that they are going to give us 110%. That they are concerned about our pleasure and that they're not going to neglect us. And that we can risk every once in a while just doing for them because we know that the favor will be returned and they will do for us. If the women that you're with don't have the impression uh, when they're with you that they can rely on you to do for them or to eat them out sometime without any expectation of a blowjob in return, then you have problems that aren't about like what women need to be told to say to men. Because everything you say that you wish women would say and that you wish would happen, women are already saying it to men all over the country, to men all over the world. Uh, men are also saying it to men all over the country, all over the world. And women are saying it to women. And, and uh, men are saying it to women. So if you're not hearing it, I would advise you to look inside and ask yourself, why? 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 Because you're the common denominator here, not all the women in the world.
0: Hi, Dan. I've been with my boyfriend for about a year. About two months ago, we were in bed, and I asked him if he had any fantasies. We had never discussed this before. He told me some stereotypical fantasy where I'm his secretary, and he's the boss, and, you know, we do it on the desk, blah, blah, blah. So, So then he asked me about my fantasy, which is, like, You know, not that out. It's like I'm doing dishes and he takes you by surprise and we do it on the kitchen floor and, you know, wild sex. So anyway, about um, a month goes by and there was no surprise while I'm doing dishes. And to be honest, there wasn't any um, secretary boss fantasy done either. So one night I'm doing a whole bunch of dishes and he's reading on the couch. So after I was done, I said, man, there was a lot of dishes, and he didn't really know what I was talking about. So I reminded him about my fantasy. He clearly had forgotten. So I said, well, I'd be willing to act out yours if you wanted. And he didn't even remember what he had said. So clearly he doesn't really care too much about the boss secretary thing. But, you know, I feel like our sex life is kind of in It'd be nice to do something a little out of the ordinary. So it's been about another three weeks since I dropped that second hint again, and uh, still no surprise while doing dishes or any other time.
1: I mean, there's one of two things going on here. Uh, either he doesn't have that fantasy, and it sure sounds like he doesn't if he couldn't remember uh, what his fantasy was that he confessed to you uh, that one night in bed when you asked him about it later. Uh, or he has fantasies that he's worried about sharing with you, fantasies he think you may not fantasies he thinks that you may not react well to hearing about um so he tried to throw you off the set with this fantasy you know or there's a third possibility he doesn't have any fantasies he's satisfied as some men are uh the the, the brave and hardy few with nothing but regular old vanilla missionary position heterosexual intercourse laurel throw in thrown in there's a lot of guys like that there's nothing wrong with that not everybody has to be kinky Um, You don't even have to be kinky to make the column or be on the show. You can be normal and still have problems, as you're having with this guy if he's normal. Um, As for your fantasies, you need to be more assertive. Um, You need to not drop hints. You need to say, hey, I really want this to happen, and I really expect you to make it happen. Um, It's kind of weird to be bossy about uh, a, a fantasy of being taken by surprise. Uh, but if that's what it takes to get your needs met, that's what you're gonna to need to do. Clearly he has some hang ups, clearly he you know, he may think that he may assume that because the fantasy he told you about was bullshit, that he either made up to have something to say or made up to throw you off the scent, that he probably thought or could have reasonably assumed that your fantasy was bullshit too, and that you didn't feel it any more than he felt it, and it was just dirty talk in bed. You know, stop dropping hints, stop expecting him to jump you every time you do dishes now because he said that a couple weeks ago and say Listen, I want you to jump me when I'm doing do dishes sometime. And then, you know, think for a second about what your fantasy really represents. Uh, you know, to be taken by surprise and have hot, passionate sex on the kitchen floor, it's very 1950s. It's very wrap yourself in saran wrap and greet him at the door with a martini. It is, you know, in the world of kink and fetish and uh, sexual play... It's pretty low-bore stuff Pretty low-stakes stuff I'm not making funny What turns you on, turns you on uh, But he, it's not a, too high a bar to ask him to clear uh, So you need to be certain about it But you need to think about what really informs your fantasy Which I think is some sense of spontaneity That you just want it to sometimes happen You want him to bring it You want him to initiate And you want it to be at a time and a place uh, And a venue where you least expect it That's not too much to ask, but again, you have to ask, and you have to ask directly. You need to, like, sometimes wrap your fantasy around a two-by-four and smack somebody on the head with it before they really get that you actually do want it to actually fucking happen. Uh, The longer you go before you make this kind of declaration, before you deliver the ultimatum, the more resentful you're going to be when you finally get around to making this clear to him. You can already hear the tone of resentment creeping into your voice. So stop putting it off. Have a drink. Get him to have a drink, I'm very pro-alcohol today And lay it out and have a laugh about it And say, look, you really need to do this I really want it to happen And then fuck the shit out of him at that moment Instead of making it some sort of tense conversation About his inadequacy or his failure To do this up to now Like, just go and fuck the shit out of him And tell him, hey, I really want you to do this to me The next time you fuck the shit out of me I want it to happen like this Give him incentive, don't give him a bad report card Occasionally we get email here at the podcast from folks who just aren't like with the program or the whole call-in thing or don't want to record their voice or want their voices on the air. And I'm going to read a couple of them today. Uh, This is from Virginia who writes, uh, I think you should have smacked him harder in reference to the crazy-ass faggot last week who was going on and on about how he couldn't couldn't bottom, he couldn't get fucked in the ass because he hates women and he doesn't want to be like a woman at all. And then when we got him on the radio, he sounded like the girliest, girly, girly faggot that I'd ever spoken to in my life. And Virginia writes, I really don't think you should have held back or apologized for smacking him around or been friendly, flirty, whatever kind of nice issue were once you were done giving him the smackdown. Want to know why? Because you didn't get through to him, in my humble opinion. Want to know why I think that? Because he was laughing the entire time in his cute little twinked out hee-hee faggot voice. Don't get me wrong, I don't mean that in a bigoted way. (laughs) Uh, I, too, was sort of enamored of his cutesy-poo girly mannerisms. That's got to be a turn of the knife, huh? Considering what he had to say about women. He's the kind of gay guy I'd probably instinctively like to be chatty and girlfriends with if I didn't know what a fish-hating asshole he was. But the twink won you over. He laughed and giggled through your lashings, and I really don't think they stuck because he could tell in your voice that you kind of enjoyed talking to him. Guilty as charged. I did kind of enjoy talking to him. Guilty as charged and that I also kind of always have responded uh, in a flirty way to faggity, faggity, fag boys, which is why he disappointed me so much, because most faggity, faggity, fag boys uh, identify with women in some way and kind of dig girls, and to talk to a Las Vegas faggity, fag, fag boy who was so misogynistic uh, and misinformed uh, you know, sort of shocked me, because it's so unlikely, but then he did kind of charm me, uh and you know i like guys who giggle when they're lashed i always have uh but here we are beating him up again even if we're talking if you're saying like you're charmed too you're not you're lashing him and then saying you want to chit chat with him uh but so we're lashing him again one more time faggity fag fag idiot boy in las vegas don't be such a faggity fag misogynistic fag idiot there's nothing attractive about it moving on to the next letter which is about uh, something i had to say in the number 20 podcast uh, I pointed out that you know women who don't like to swallow cum when they perform oral sex, but want oral sex performed on them, are slightly hypocritical because a man who's performing oral sex on a woman is swallowing quite a lot of uh, her juices. Uh, just I think doled out more slowly uh, than the guy's juice, which tends to come all in one big blast. And Mara writes, "Come on, Dan. In reference to your number 20 podcast, I really don't think that when eating pussy, one is swallowing puss juice." However, getting a load of Malcolm injected into one's mouth is quite different. Uh, I beg to differ, not because I have any personal experience eating the pussy or swallowing the puss juice, but because I've talked to so many straight guys who eat the pussy and say that, you know, depending on the woman, that you can often be swallowing quite a lot of puss juice. Uh, the more aroused woman is, the more lubricated she becomes, uh, the lubricant is sort of, just emerging and you can't you know it's not all going to go down your chin and down your neck It's a lot of it's going to go in your mouth so I beg to differ I think you're wrong uh, I'm not going to go out and eat pussy to, to double check this so I'm just going to have to let this exist in the realm of theory well that wraps it up for this week's Savage Love podcast uh, I want to thank the tech savvy at risk youth once again for making me do this every week the phone number here if you want to record a question for a future podcast 206-201 2720 and uh, you download this every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage, where you can also uh, check me out uh, blogging uh, most every day at thestranger.com slash blog. Uh, record your questions for next week, and uh, I'll see if I can fuck them up for you.